Hello, and welcome to the Hiring on All Cylinders podcast. I'm Chris Abbas, CEO of Talentful, and in this episode, I'm joined by Eleanor Stefanopoul. Eleanor is the recruiting director at Labelbox, a fully remote and distributed organization. In this episode, we talk about Eleanor's rise from lead recruiter to director, how she thought about building her team in a fully remote environment, how she fosters and creates a culture of learning development and engagement, the tools she uses, and how she maintains high performance. This is a great episode, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Elena. How's it going? Hi, Chris. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Um, so you've got such an interesting story, and you know, we've been speaking, and you've been in a different place every time, and we'll get on to you know, how you're able to do that. Um, in the podcast, uh, but I guess let's just start by um, an overview of you know label box and your role, and I guess how that's developed um, over your time there. Yeah. So, well, first off, label box, um, we are doing something pretty cool. So we're building um, kind of the go-to place for. AI. So, you know, it's definitely not an easy, <laughs> an easy thing to do. So really efficiently, our mission is to build the best products for humans to advance artificial intelligence. Um, so um, I started with Labelbox in 2020, and that was during the whole COVID mess uh-huh. um, as a lead recruiter. And then I went on to be a senior manager, built a team, and now I'm a director of recruiting and I oversee all of recruiting. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, you know, it's recruiting has evolved as well <laughs> at label box specifically. So going through, uh, from like hiring only to now being a bit more towards like this overall talent function. So my, my role has expanded into that as well. So it's, it's been a really interesting ride. Awesome. And. You know, one of the things that's really interesting, and um, I just came to that before, is Labelbox is a fully remote organization. Um, had Labelbox always been that way, or was it just something that happened during COVID? Yeah, it's um. So when I guess when COVID hit, like 2020, before I started, uh, the team was about 20, 30 people, and that they were all in San Francisco. That's where our HQ still is actually we still have that little office um but when COVID hit obviously everybody had to go remote and from there we been very intentional about how we manage that um but we've decided to stay a remote company obviously one of the main advantages of that is that you can have access to so many different talent pools and you can build like really put together a solid team regardless of where they are um and we've kept our office in San Francisco, but that's more, you know, kind of for people that are in the area that haven't moved and for anyone who wants to travel to San Francisco to meet with other uh, colleagues or work together for a while, like that's that's an option. Uh, but we are officially a remote company, which has been really great. Excellent. And so there's a lot of people doing hybrid, a lot of people trying to work out, you know, remote. I guess for you and your experience at Labelbox, um, what have been the real pros of being remote and having a fully distributed team? And, and I guess after that, we can maybe talk about some of the drawbacks. Um, 
and specifically, I guess, regarding TA and your, your role? Yeah, I think, so right now our team and hiring has evolved really nicely into the Americas and Europe mostly. We're still a pretty small team, about 140 something right now. So, you know, time zones and managing that difference in time zones is still pretty challenging, but we, you know, we do our best. Um, but yeah, between Europe and the Americas, it's, it's pretty doable. So that's been, again, like being intentional, like where we can actually hire has been, a, a I would say, a good guiding point and not just go like everywhere, because then it just, I think it's very hard to manage with such a small team if you have like teams in APAC and like, it just becomes a lot more that we can handle at this point in time. So I think being aware of our limitations and what we can do and working with that, I think has been a pretty good um, kind of baseline that we established for our remote work. Um, as I said, like hiring in these different talent markets has been really great. Just opening up our, uh, you know, the talent that we have access to. And it's been interesting because we work for, you know, like, AI, like AI is such a broad thing and it's like such an elusive thing, but it's important to bring all sorts of different backgrounds into the products that we we put together to advance AI. So, you know, it's um that's definitely out there for like the the whole industry level, but for us specifically, I think it's important to have different opinions, to have to be able to talk and have different ideas and really brainstorm and bring our different backgrounds into the conversation so that's something that we really value um one of one of our core values is actually seek to understand and i think that's been really cool uh to have it from the get-go because it's been such a useful thing to use as as we grow our team it's like really learning to work with different cultures different backgrounds different communication styles and that really you know we grew together as a team as as even myself as a person you know mm -hmm. And um, have you found that your your applications have gone up, or you have an easier time you know, closing candidates because you're fully remote? And have you had any of the opposite where people haven't accepted because you've been fully remote? Or has it all been kind of one way, one way positive? Yeah, I think it's been mostly positive. I think we might have had one question about if we do still have an office from like one candidate throughout this whole time. So generally people are very excited when they hear that we are fully remote. Um, I will say though, we're not, you know, we're very intentional about how we do remote work. And so our operations team is actually focused on, uh, you know, different events and planning meetings that we have uh, in person. As soon as, you know, things opened up, we started to have more, uh, more meetings in person and just be able to actually meet the people that we work with. And I think that really contributed to us finding a good balance in this remote world with still having some sort of in-person face-to-face um, interaction. So it's it's not hybrid, like we're not requiring, you know, people to be in the, in the office in a physical space, but just still making sure that we do have these points where we meet. That has made it like for such a a much better interaction and a much better kind of us working together. Yeah. And, you know, you've grown with the company, as you mentioned, from lead to senior manager and now director. And through that time, you've built your own team in talent acquisition. Um, has being, you know, fully remote changed the way or influenced how you've 
gone about building that team? I mean, can you talk about how you started that process? Yeah, it's. I think it's been really interesting because I started fully remote as well, and I didn't meet anybody for a long period of time. Um, and I started recruiting for my team pretty shortly after I started. And I kind of saw it as an opportunity and also as a challenge for me as a people leader to figure out like, okay, how are we going to do this? <laughs> but essentially, it's really an opportunity to find the best people that you need for your team. And my team has been um, remote from the beginning as well. From And I had a few people on West Coast, Central Time, and East Coast. Um, I had a team of um, six people. And, you know, as we grew this past year, we also have um, two contractors focused on the European market. So uh, that added a bit of a challenge there. But generally, I loved it because it, it really pushed you, pushed me as a manager to think through, okay, how are we interacting? How can we make this a more productive conversation? What types of meetings are we having? Is it inclusive of all of our time zones and working styles and learning styles? So really thinking through all of these things that really, I think it was a great learning experience for me personally as a manager and it seems to be working. So <laughs> I think yeah. I'm doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are. And I'd love to come back to some of those things that really worked for you and uh, you know, how you have made sure it's an inclusive place. I think one of the things that people make the assumption of, or there's some noise out there is that it's harder to build high performing teams remotely because you're losing some of that oversight and you know, ability to kind of you know, hear what people are doing and give them instant feedback. How have you gone about creating a high performance team you know, in recruiting? Um, and what are some of the things that worked for you, like specifics? I think it's interesting because, as I said, this whole remote world really is a challenge for managers specifically. I'm not saying it's easy on anybody, but like specifically for managers to figure, figure these out has been a tough challenge. So I can see why, you know, some are like, oh, no, I prefer the in-person, you know, situation. But um, I think what I'm a big fan of is really uh, autonomy and just, you know, treating people as the adults that they are and offering the support that they need. I think it's important to realize that you're, you know, one-on-one -on -one with your direct reports, like they're all different people. They're not the same. They might be in the same role, let's say recruiter, but they're obviously different people with different backgrounds and different needs. And I think recognizing them, learning about them as, per, as a person, uh, what they like, uh, what they don't like, what they want to learn, how they communicate, how they process information is really crucial, especially in a remote environment. Because when you put everything together in a team, as a team to come together, these are all really important to bring to the forefront so that everyone knows like, okay, yeah, we're not, like I need to adjust a bit my communication style or I need to wait until, you know, that person that person's day starts because they're on a different time zone. So just being a bit more flexible, understanding, but also curious about the other people that you're working with and kind of fostering that has really been, I think, key to set the foundation for a solid uh, recruiting team. And I think that's, you know, general management advice, if you will, as far as I'm concerned, is like, I don't believe in micromanagement. Like I believe that I've hired that person for a reason. 
and that they're good at what they're doing and I should trust them to do it. And if they need feedback, I, that's where I think it's important to build that relationship with the person so that they feel comfortable coming to you for feedback or, you know, coming to you with whatever they, they need. It's not about me kind of having oversight, <laughs> but it's also creating a structure where these needs are met for the team, right? Like I think the most important part is making sure that everyone is aligned and is working together for what, you know, the goal is for the business, for our department, for our team, and then, you know, aligning their individual goals to that bigger picture. And I think it's important to understand that the department goals are really our goals as a team. Yes, we individually contribute with, you know, different pieces. But for example, if something happens and someone can't do their project or like can't complete their work, like we need to be able to shift our priorities to support that person on our team so that as a team, we still are able to deliver. And I think that again, it's a bit of a challenge for the manager because you need to be always constantly be flexible and be aware of what's happening on the team. So there's a lot of conversations that happen, but um, once you set that expectation from the get-go, it kind of almost like takes a life of its own and people start understanding like this is how we should support each other, work together and create that, you know, culture of yeah, support and collaboration basically. Excellent. And I think you're absolutely right in you know, setting those expectations up front and having a clear goal that everyone can work towards as an individual and uh, feel like they're contributing to the overall bigger picture. What's your preferred method of, I guess, establishing those goals and then tracking them as a team, whether that's you know, hard, tangible goals like as recruiters you know, and pilots um, and other kind of hard metrics. But then I guess the softer feedback that you wouldn't necessarily have immediate access to as a remote manager in terms of you know, how they're building relationships with their hiring managers or the service they're giving to their hiring managers and um, the value they're bringing there. Has anything worked for you? What are you doing to track those, whether it's technology or tools or uh, just you know, one-to-one cadences? Yeah, I think there's a few things we do. Um, one thing is how we organize our work. I think obviously the hiring piece is the most important, obvious one for you know recruiting. Um, but there's a lot of kind of we call it project work. So all of this um, work that we can do to help hiring in the long run. So for example, developing an interviewer training program or uh, making sure all interviewers know what our structured interview process is or you know how to evaluate candidates all of these things that you know selfishly will make hiring a lot easier like all of that work um also falls on recruiting and uh i think it's important for recruiters to have this balance of like yes we're working on hiring and candidates are definitely the most important thing but just you know taking a break from that grind of sourcing and candidate management sometimes and just work on some projects with your teammates. I think that that offers a good balance of, um, yeah, just the, the recruiting work. And I think recruiting has evolved in a way that is not so much like, you know, it's not hopefully still viewed as an, you know, an agency, but in-house basically. And it's more of a strategic function and we can do, and we are doing a lot more than I think recruiting functions would do like, I don't know, 20 years ago. So it's becoming more embedded in business. Um, and that's 
part of how we design our, our kind of way of working basically at label box and so um yeah i think having that balance on project work so from there as a company we use okrs um we use lattice we have our company goals set in there and then every department is pretty clear like waterfalls um into department and individual goals but more specifically i like to use um Jira, which I know it's an engineering product uh, tool, but we use it as a company and we started using it for project work and recruiting. And that's been really cool to just see like, okay, this is our main project. This is the, you know, the subtask and like everyone can contribute to that because there is that visibility of like what's needed, what's in progress, what's been done, what's in review and so on. I know it's a very structured way, but it actually, uh, is a nice supporting structure for our team to have these conversations of like, oh, I see this is still, you know, in progress or pending. Like, is there anything that I can do to help you get this through? Or so it's it's really easy to get a sense of where the team is by just looking at either our OKRs and Lattice or our Confluence page. And then when we have our team meetings, it's, you know, just a quick glance of like, okay, what are some of the blockers? Um, you know, this is in progress. Like, is is there anything that anybody needs here? No, yes. And then we go from there. So it's super, super easy and tr transparent and straightforward. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things. I, I like to be transparent. So it's like easy for everybody to see where we are. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, how do you ensure you know, that team bonding? Because I think that sometimes um, being remote, it can feel transactional, but you're always just speaking about work and you know, having one-to-ones or something that's very focused on um, what you're doing professionally, how do you ensure that team bonding, you know, uh, and additionally to that, how do you ensure kind of consistent learning and development um, of, of your people? Yeah, I. Th it's interesting because even our, I guess, how we interact as a recruiting team has evolved over time. And that was based on the feedback from my team. Um, it was a resounding, we want more time to work together <laughs> type of request. So we all just agreed to do, you know, on Wednesdays as a company, we have a no meeting Wednesday. So as much as possible, we try not to have meetings. And then we use, we take two hours, we call it workshop Wednesdays, where we just get together and like work on whatever is the priority project. And uh, that's been a collaboration moment that the team wanted and you know, it's been really like a simple thing that we've put together and it's been super impactful in the long run to be able to, for us to have that space to collaborate, even if it's remote, but it's uh, obviously a bit less structured than a meeting, you know, it's a bit more free flowing and of course it's two hours. So that allows for a bit of time to, you know, chat about different stuff as well. Um, and I think an another, um, I guess, point of interaction that was more on in my one-on-ones I know some managers are very uh strict with their time and they only do like 30 minutes for example I tend to keep it 45 to an hour regardless of you know how much work we need to talk about because I think it's important to just allow for some time to talk about other personal things like you know how is how are your travels or like where are you in the world right now or you know how was your weekend just like things like that how's your dog anything is uh it it, it helps you know to to foster that uh, relationship in a remote world awesome and i guess that um you talked about it 
you know, on in terms of the collaboration, how you're in projects. Are there any other tools um, or platforms that you found useful um, when remote working? Anything that stood out to you? I this is an interesting question because I think it's um, there are so many tools out there for you know each for a specific thing that I think it's very easy to get lost in tools. You know, like even for us at Labelbox, we've tried all all of these like. Asana and then Monday and then Jira. So like we've gone through so many just for project management. And I think my team at some point was like, we just need to downsize and streamline. So we just all agree like, okay, Jira is the one point <laughs> for our project work and that's it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's about finding what works for your team. But for my team, they're all pretty straight to the point. And I think just having Jira like for collaboration, that's it. And then the rest, obviously we use Slack and whatever for communication, but, um, and a lot of video calls. So pretty basic on our tech stack, let's say for team management. Uh, but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's working for us and I don't, we don't really feel the need to overcomplicate that. Yeah. And then on the sourcing side and recruiting side, it's just things in recruiter to use any other platforms. Yeah. On the actual hiring front, uh, we use gem LinkedIn recruiter, um, that's kind of it really and then obviously all the different uh sourcing strategies on going for like stack overflow in like different communities but uh the main tools would yeah just be gem and linkedin recruiter and one of the things that i think that i've heard a lot about remote working which would be interesting to get your take on is that it slows people's progression you know people aren't going to be able to progress as quickly because they um you know maybe aren't with their managers aren't able to build fast enough on learning as quickly because they're not around people and hearing, you know, that that recruiter on the phone in the office closing the candidate or whatever else. But it's clear that, you know, that's not been the case at Labelbox. You know, you progress really quickly and I'm sure you know, other people in the organization have. Do you think there's something that's specific about Labelbox that's made that happen? Or do you do you think there's a certain approach that you need to have when you're remote um, to allow for that, you know, progression in terms of maybe managing it better or being, um, more open with your successes, yeah. What's your opinion on that? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I think, well, first off, Labelbox has always had this um, just focus on promoting from within, even when we were a super small company. Um, and we've kept that as we've grown. So we always look at, you know, before we even open a management position, lead position, we look at the existing team as he is anyone you know ready to make that step or interested in making that step? And if yes, then we do it. So it's it's very. I think I haven't really seen that too much in my experience. So I'm I'm really appreciative of that at Labelbox. Um, and I think on the other hand, um, I guess in my experience and kind of moving from lead to director, it's really been the relationship with my direct managers, but also with just people across the company, recruiting is such a cross-functional uh, role and function in itself. Like we work with so many different hiring managers and department leaders and so on. I think it's important to, um, you know, learn how to up-level how you work in, the, in an organization. And I think being remote, it's obviously a bit more challenging, I think, because you don't have that face-to-face -face time or like 
you can just grab coffee, but you can't put like a 15 minutes, you know, Zoom call and have a coffee over Zoom. So, and talk about like, okay, what are your needs? How can I support you? But also like, here's what I want to do. Like, here's, you know, this is my goal. Like in the next year or so, I do want to move on and uh, move up and be a director one day. And I think being vocal and working with the people that can support you in that journey like uh, getting feedback and also understanding what exactly makes a leader in your company I think that's because it's so different from company to company right like how is defined and perceived to, to be a leader in that company and that's and I think getting a good sense of that and then working together with everyone that you can for that skill set that you know shape of leadership I think that's um, that's been helpful. So yeah, it, it's interesting because also everybody at Labelbox is super supportive. Like whenever anyone asks for anything, like, there's always support from like other people. So it's been a really, I guess, nice journey to, to kind of go from, you know, lead to director, but these are titles. So I think I'm mostly excited about just the, the scope of my role and how that evolved and, you know, being able to build a team. And then, you know, started working on more, uh, I guess, broader uh, scope projects, such as now I'm working on a competency framework. And, you know, that leads into performance management and leveling. So it's like a whole thing and it's like super exciting. It's the first thing, the first time I'm doing this. So I'm learning a lot as I'm doing it. And I think that's also important to be able to support the business where it needs to be supported, but also be very intentional about what you need to learn and what you need to develop to also achieve your own personal career goals and you know managing that it's it's important to find the right people along the way <laughs> how do you go about Jim when you do something for the first time maybe in a, a company are you the most senior person in TA I'm assuming so uh yeah yeah where do you look for look to for inspiration and you know and you're learning like because that's one of the tricky things in a smaller company, right? You maybe don't have these bigger teams of very senior uh, talent um, leaders. So, yeah, talk me through that. Yeah, I think um, startups actually have a very good network of support outside of the company, like from our investors. Um, we have really good relationships with our investors. They most, you know, investor, most VCs have like talent functions or like talent advisors that you can go to and i think accessing those people and that uh you know knowledge has been super helpful to at least make sure that i am on the right path uh you know they're not going to be able to give you all the answers because it's you know some things are super specific to your company but like at least getting uh, the framework or like the right way to think about it or just kind of pointing you in the right direction i think it's it's super uh valuable resource that maybe not everyone taps into that much. Uh, but yeah, at Labelbox, we're always like, yeah, uh, like we have you know, our investors, like we're going to always go and talk to them. Um, so that's been one valuable resource. And then um, actually also through our investors, there's a mentorship program uh, that we that they put together for the portfolio companies. And I've been both a mentee and a mentor and it you know, both experiences are super valuable. Like you learn from both uh, situations, both roles. So I think, you know, it's definitely internal, but also external. It's not, you know, 
only label bugs. You need to be able to see what other companies are doing and what like best practices are and maybe learn from someone else's mistakes so that you don't make them. Um, but yeah, it's really exploring like what resources you have available and it might not be like immediately obvious, but you can ask, you know, and you can find the people that you need to find. Yeah, great. And my final question, uh, Elena, is what are you most excited about uh, regarding the future of Tata position? Yeah, you mentioned it's changed a lot, it's evolved a lot. Yeah, what's exciting you in the future? Yeah, I mean, generally as an industry, I feel like recruiting has evolved a lot and changed a lot, you know, just from that agency model to now being, you know, you have certain companies who have like chief recruiting officers and that's like, wow, <laughs> who would have thought a few <laughs> years ago? <laughs> so it's clear that it's becoming, um, you know, more and more strategic uh, function. And I'm really excited for that because I think, you know, we in recruiting now are, are, or defining like what that's what that strategic function is looking like so um there's so much that goes into recruiting you know it's it's part sales it's part marketing it's part people like it's it's kind of it has all of these elements and you know you can see i get very excited when i talk about recruiting like that but it's very unique in my view and i think no day is the same in recruiting and i i would go as far as to say that every recruiter would agree with that statement um but yeah i'm excited to see more companies really see recruiting in this way and as a, a truly um foundational strategic part of the business and not just being bundled under hr because hr has you know different focus so we're kind of becoming our own thing which i'm, I'm excited for i'm here for it that is awesome i'm here for it too well it's been great to chat and enjoy the rest of your travels around South America. Um, and I'll speak to you very soon. Yeah, that will do. Thank you.